Hello, I am Jensen Beeler. And I am Quentin Wilson. And together we are the Two Enthusiasts Podcast. Quentin, I want to talk to you today about all the bikes that we expect to see. A bevy of new bikes. A bevy of new bikes. A bountiful bevy basket of beautiful... A veritable cornucopia of new bikes. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, that's, that's why you get paid by the word. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> s- syllables. But yeah, all the bikes we expect to see at ICMA, Tokyo Motor Show, uh, AIM Expo, all these, uh, upcoming trade shows where new models get released. Obviously some of that stuff we already know about. Some of it is being teased and some of it is just what we would like to see. Sure. I think start off with a company near and dear to your heart, Ducati. <laughs> right. So what we got First off, the most, um, I don't know if I'm going to call it intriguing, but the Diavel with the belt drive, right? Yeah. Code name. Well, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a Diavel, is it? I don't know. It looks like a Diavel to me. I mean, it looks like a Diavel. I just. It's long. We, we already, we've already seen the 2016. It's got a belt drive. <laughs> but we've already seen the 2016 Diavel carbon whatever and. And if you want to see what that looks like, it looks just like the other just one. Just like everything else. Like everything else. So that makes me think that maybe what we're seeing with this belt drive won't be called a Diavolo. It'll be called, I don't know, whatever the Italian is for kill it with fire. Uccello col fuoco, maybe? <laughs> no, Uccidillo col fuoco. I had to look it up. You had to look it up. Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. <laughs> oh, it's so... Every photo I see, I hate it more and more. No, I don't. Why? Why do you hate it? It just... Okay, to be fair, I, I've never been a big fan of the way the Diavel looked. I love riding that bike. Ducati figured out how to make a cruiser yeah, that was yeah, fun to sure. ride and sporty. So I, I expect the same thing from that, and I, I shouldn't be so haterade on it, but I just... Well, it's got the tank. It's got a tank that's that's visible, Yeah, that's that's separate from the bodywork air intake. That, for me, was... I just never, never liked that part of it, where the air intakes swept across the bow and to the back to the seat, and it was just this massive... It made the bike look 100 pounds heavier than it was. It made it look as heavy as its competition when it was indeed 100 pounds lighter than everything, if not more so, right? So that tank is light and tight and right, and then the frame comes down much like a monster. looks a lot more like a monster now, the new monster, than, than, uh, than the Diablo before. The frame, the, the frame, the exposed frame that you could see on the first-gen Diablo, first and second-gen, is a trellis that's just disjointed and ugly. Right, it, that's, it just came down in a couple triangles and didn't look that good. This shows the trellis, a true trellis, as it goes up towards the steering head, which which is cool, and I don't mind that at all. And if you got to go to the next iteration of, of of a Diavel, if that's what it is, I can see that. As far as the belt drive goes, that it's such a styling thing to have the drive, the 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 final drive, especially with a belt, because mm-hmm. you have to have a big uh, pulley. It's a, it's a big belt, yeah. And it's a big pulley. Yeah. So unfortunately, it dominates the rear of the bike on that side of the bike, and it's tough not to look at it and just think, ugh, right? Yeah. It's horrible looking to me. But I can see why they're doing it from a from a mechanical technical standpoint. Sure, and I get it from from a market segment standpoint too. You know, push even further into that Harley Davidson crowd, convert some more of those people who are kind of already. Lifestyle branding aware, which fits in well with Ducati's kind of uh, plan of attack. It's just, I don't like the headlight. And the most recent picture I saw, it looks like the headlight design is fairly finalized. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, a slimmed down version of what the um, Diavel, the, 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 the revised the Diavel. Yeah, yeah, you're right. LED. It does look like that. And so I was never a fan of that to begin with. So it just, just for me, I'm just like, uh, as a two Ducati owner i own two ducatis i don't know how you say that yeah i just for me that's so far away from what i've bought into on the brand um from a consumer point of view that uh, yeah but you're not a cruiser it's not a bike it's not a bike for me and maybe that's the point and i've said that before and but the only thing i worry about is it's just it's further and further stretching i feel like the ducati brand's like this piece of of silly putty you know, like old city play, you put it like on the newspaper and oh, yeah. get the, the comic, or whatever, and you could just you start sure. stretching it and start yeah. stretching it. But eventually you get a little hole in it and it rips. And I feel like we're, we're making that hole now because they don't have enough substance in general. I just feel like it's just gotten really far away from, from what it used to be. And, and, you know, and I've been a really big advocate of a lot of the things that Ducati's done. I, I'm, I, I was even a big advocate of the Diavel when it came out. 
even though it didn't visually do anything for me, I, I yeah. got it. Yeah. And and it was fine. But I think each each iteration you're alienating more and more hardcore Ducatisti and it's like a bell curve, right? So maybe like before we were kind of getting into the long tail. Well now we're getting into like second deviation, the second standard deviation, first st- standard deviation. Where like now you're getting into the meat of it. And I'll be curious to see if there's a lot of backlash. I I don't know. I don't think you can have a model range that consists of a a monster 900 SS and 916 any longer and an mm-hmm. ST, mm-hmm. right? It's that that was kind of the halcyon days for me. It was the mid mid to late 90s, right? I loved the the brand at that time, and then it went bonkers with monsters in the early 2000s, and it went. Yeah, from the 748 coming in and 749s, 999s, and the way it changed from that on, I don't, I don't think there's a way to get back to that. They have to once they put out the Multistrada and it started a new line. It showed that they could do that. They could do some weird off the wall stuff, and it right. worked, right? right? And that's what they're doing with the Diablo. And it seems to. I'm not saying it's worked. They've gotten a little bit of play off of it, but it's it's been pretty dry. Diablo sales have not continued to do well. Right. They've done right. okay. Right. They did great in the beginning, but really, I, I know it from the dealer network that I interacted with a lot for the past seven years. There's just not a lot of people that enjoy them. They don't really like them. They're not truly enthusiastic about having them on the show, on the showroom floor. They're enthusiastic about the about the money they make when they sell them. And every once in a while, one or two of them like to go ride them. But mm-hmm. like for me, I get on it and it makes my it, it like pinches my sciatic nerve or something. Yeah. I can't I can't put more than ten miles on one without being uncomfortable. But when I am on one, it's great. I have no problem with it. It works. It does exceptionally well considering its length and width and all that crap. So anyway, maybe that's what they're getting. Maybe they've decided. All right, we're gonna we're gonna bring it a little bit closer back into uh, sport and less cruiser. But then they go forward control, and it's like maybe forward they're controls I, and a belt drive, uh, and it looks physically really big. It looks kind of weird. Looks right? longer, maybe yeah. because it's skinny now, so the proportions are weird. Either way, it's an interesting thing. Will be interesting to see how it how it comes to market. Yeah, I think I think the 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 way to wrap up that conversation is I'm I'm always amazed at what we see in the spy photos and my impression of it then versus when I see it firsthand in Milan and I yeah. go, oh, now I kind of get it. I yeah. know, you guys, okay, I, I think that's what's going to happen. Everything. So sure. everything we just said with the asterisks of we'll wait and see in Milan, what do we really feel? Yeah, because right now it's just a bunch of quote-unquote spy photos, spy right? Which I love. The, the latest one I saw, they're, in, they're just like in an intersection and it's two photographers <laughs> and they're just, you just sit there and the guy's just kind of like, eh, whatever, and you're like, Really? You just you just happen to find him in that in that roundabout, huh? <laughs> he just he just stopped long enough for you to get out of your car, park it, come on over if your buddy, you both take camera photos yep. and sure. he goes on his way. Really? That's how it happened? <laughs> All right. <laughs> then I've got some photographers like, oh, I would like you to buy these photos for a thousand dollars from me. And you're like, hmm. Mm. I'm like, I feel like um I feel like this would just be more genuine if I just had Ducati's marketing <laughs> department call me up straight up and just be like, here, here's a press release and some photos. <laughs> It's okay. a little out of control. That's that's as far as we'll go with that then, right? We need to move on. So the next the next we, ones from we Ducati. We do have a lot of bikes to get through, yeah. Right. So the next ones from Ducati are the carb listing bikes. Mm-hmm. So uh, listed by, no, is it CARB? Is it California Air carb. Resources yeah. Board? Yeah. Okay, so the California Air Resources Board has to get, that they, they have to file with new engines, right? They have right. to say, hey, this is what we're going to be the, doing. The manufacturers have to follow. Yeah, right, right. Sorry. The manufacturer has to say, all right, I'm doing this in, in California because California is more stringent than the rest of the United States. California is special. California is special, right? Short bus. I should say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. Whoa. Hey. As a sixth generation Californian, I take offense to that. <laughs> I know. Oh, come on. You should be taking offense I to mean, the I know we're I know we're a little crazy. But. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yes, yeah, so California is special. In that it has extremely strict and have you know carb as it's called we're call it carb from here on out has yeah. has uh, been dictating what bikes uh, what uh, manufacturers in general anybody that produces an internal combustion engine what's coming out of the tailpipe right. but they're saying it has to be really really clean right, right. so they uh, got this listing of machines and and, and published it uh, well here's the so here's the interesting thing so the manufacturers are required to file but you can also decide when it becomes public so i don't think it's any accident that we saw this happen you know a month and a half right before the the biggest 
uh, trade show, which happens also to be in Italy on Ducati's home turf. So I always, I always look at that like, oh, really? Because these are bikes that will not show up until April, March at the earliest. Yeah. So I, I do. I another going back to the smoke behind the mirrors. What's going on in the industry marketing wise? Like, let's make it look organic. Yeah, thing. Sure. It's another tool for for a manufacturer to tease a bike into the public stream because they know idiots like me are just clicking every morning to see what else is new. Yeah, sure. And in this case, we've got. Well, let's talk about the bikes because right. it goes to that. One of them will be the eight ninety nine replacement, which is apparently going to be called the nine fifty nine. And yeah. even though it's CC size is like nine fifty five, harkening back to the to the uh, uh, the nine sixteen era, the one of the early derivatives of nine sixteen that right. was a superbike was a nine fifty five, which I think is a better name. But they decide, hey, we're part of the VW envelope. We can use a Porsche name, and one of the one of the king cars of the past fifty years was a Porsche nine fifty nine. So maybe they're Maybe they they feel that's a good thing to have some name association with it, right? Honestly, I don't even I don't even look that far to it. You look at Ducati's little numbering scheme, and they like nines, eleven ninety nine, seven forty nine. Yeah, sure. You know, now nine fifty nine, nine fifty nine. I think I think I think that's just I think it's just a part of the rhyming. Scheme. Sounds better than nine forty nine, maybe. I don't know. So that's what there's one that will be. Uh, ba- basically, sounds like a, you know, the next iteration. And the next excuse to get you off of your eight ninety nine and onto a new bike, right? right. I don't know if it's going to be a uh, completely changed machine or if it's just going to be an iterative change as they have done in the past. We'll we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I think what I want to say about that is probably the same thing that I want to say about <clears throat> the Hyper Motard uh, nine thirty nine, which is a nine hundred thirty one cc machine. Up no, from, no, nine thirty-seven. Sorry, up from eight twenty-one. Up from eight twenty-one. That's where I got the one from. Uh, so again, got that nine in there. But you know, is it going to be an old, all new machine? Is it going to be an updated machine? I, I have this theory because twenty sixteen means Euro four for the for anyone that wants to sell a motorcycle in Europe, which is a much stricter emission standard, and and, and we've talked about it in the other show where there's a lot more that goes into it beyond just noise and, and emissions. Yep. I have this theory that what we'll see is lightly updated machines. So they look visually different or at least visually more interesting. Um, but that the displacement increase is coming about because of performance decreases meeting that Euro four standard. It very well could be right. You get a little extra bit. There's no replacement for displacement, right? That's the, industry adage so when you uh when you give it a little bit of extra you're going to get back especially at the low end you're trying because it's very difficult to get these things to pass emissions at the at the uh idle and off idle settings which is where they're mostly tested you know um light partial throttle applications it's uh it's it's very it's very difficult especially with four valve large piston engines twins particularly it's a little bit easier to get a say a a 600 cc four cylinder even 1000 cc four cylinders to combust at those low uh, throttle applications and low rpms it's really difficult with some of the bigger the bigger twins mm-hmm. um, you're getting a flame a flame path that has to go very far in a short amount of time and it causes issues to uh, stalling and or rough running or hard starting there's all kinds of things that are derivative of it is that because of the overall chamber size? Is that because of what the bore is or the stroke? What part it, what, of it? What is it? That's part of it. I mean, that's that's a large. It's bore and stroke. The fact that the the piston is having to accelerate and decelerate away from the combustion chamber in such a short amount of time, and that rod just yanks it away. There's not much dwell. Dwell mm-hmm. would be the amount of time the piston stays in the combustion chamber or close to the combustion chamber. If you had a really long rod you'd have that piston sitting up there for a long time. The, the, you and your potty humor. It's not even potty humor. It's, it's podcast just, humor. It's pot, potty humor. <laughs> oh, okay, so no. The long rod, seriously. That was a trick, a, an old tuner trick, say with a you know late 80s jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd, you'd see spacer plates. And it wasn't because there was more t- uh, 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 stroke. And it wasn't because there was a bigger bore. It's because people were experimenting with longer rods, more dwell at the top, which then uh, results in sometimes better top-end power. Gotcha. You're, you're sacrificing a little because you've got more mass in the rods, 
but they might not have to be uh, to be spinning at the same uh, at the same angle. The angle of attack as the rod is going from one side of the crank to the other as it's rotating is less when you have a longer rod. So sometimes it it helps with rod life as well instead of swinging it violently gotcha. as you would a Panagali is very violent, right? I mean that is a big bore short stroke, right? Super quadro over oh, super over square, right? Right, right. It says it in the name. Right. So that's uh that could be one part of the, what they're dealing with. It's not so much on the nine thirty seven CC. It's not that big of a deal, I don't think, on that. Coming but from, I coming think from the eight twenty one. That's engine. that's what I'm saying. And yeah. in in that capacity, uh, I would say it's certainly your your idea that the Euro four rigs are are driving it possibly. I think it's just. We need a justification to sell the latest, greatest, newest, best, and this is bigger, better, best. Bigger is better. Right. But see, that's the thing that like gets me when, especially with the nine fifty nine Panigale, it's like, so now it's a leader bike. Yeah. Your your what was your super sport, which was your middleweight, is now a leader bike, and and I'll give Ducati the whole like, hey, if you can make it weigh the same as an R three, and it handles the same way, why not punch it out like. If you yeah, can if you sure. can do that with what you've done with the chassis design and, and with the V twin engine, more power to you. And that's great for me as a track day enthusiast. But there's a little bit of a silliness where it's like, you know, what, what what's next after that? Is the middleweight bike gonna be a, a true one thousand? Because like now because the Panigale is gonna be a you know a, a twenty four hundred Panigale twenty three ninety nine. Then you're gonna have to bring like a third model to finally bring a true super sport offering back. And then I'm also wondering with with Ducati's racing heritage and all that, like, okay, so what are you going to do in World Super Sport? What are you going to do in Moto America's 600? They're going to do the class? same thing they've been doing for the past what, 15 years? Nothing in World uh, Super Sport, and it's horrible, right? Back, you know, for somebody like me, it was a, a fan of uh, Casoli on the yellow. It was obvious. It was a yellow bike. He had a little bat symbol. It was really cool. I think he won the world championship. I can't even remember. Yeah. It, it was of note, though. Those bikes were awesome, and it was cool to see Ducatis in the middleweights mixing it up, right? Back in the day with Jorg Toykert on the Yamahas, and oh man, it was a it was a good time. Was this a seven forty nine R? Eight. Oh, okay. This is back in the even day farther. when it was still seven forty eight. Okay. I don't know if there was a World Super Sport seven forty nine. I don't recall that. There was in the in the United States. There was a Formula Extreme 749. Right. Doug Chandler raced out of HMC back in the mid 2000s. I think that was 030405 somewhere around in there, and it was black with red wheels. It was really cool, but again, that was a weird one-off spec USA weirdo class called uh, Formula Extreme right. that went from thousand to six hundred. Oh, so weird, and it changed so quickly. That yeah, was awful. Everything about that whole era was just horrible. But it was cool that at least something for I think in the O four era, O three or O four, there was only there was only a couple of twins in the whole of AMA. It was all four cylinders, right? right? It was a very disappointing time for enthusiasts that wanted to see some change in the in the types of engines diversity right? and that, and that, i think that's part of what the formula extreme model was was to bring that diversity try try and they didn't because i remember because there was provision like you could run a hayabusa in that and there was there's a 1300 cc that was before before it went to 600 yes right 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 before it became DMG, i don't remember the, the cc size but you could do some a little bit of weird shit with it yeah right but not not to the point i don't know about a hayabusa there was a guy his name is rad greaves that built a Hayabusa for the Formula Extreme class, yes. And it was a very radical-looking thing at the time. I don't think it went anywhere, but mm. it was an interesting bike that, mm. at, in, in that era, right? So, I mean, some of the best, most interesting bikes that had seen, that the USA has seen, would be the like the Graves R1 slash R7s. Right. But that's a whole other story for another podcast. I think we need to bring this back in because we're gonna we've just gone off on super tangent. So, so with the with the uh, hypers. Uh, you feel that there's a little bit of, of emissions. I feel it's a little bit of bigger is better. I think it's probably a combination of both. They have to make a change. It's been three years, right? Yeah. That was a 2013 yeah. start model bike. So now it's 2016 coming. So it's been three years. They need to do something. It's the sales of those bikes are meh. I don't think they're horrible, but I don't think they're great. I think that's I think that's an important thing to frame. And now obviously Ducati's model planning goes back farther than this issue, but it's it's important or it's of note that scramblers aside ducati models aren't selling particularly as strong i think as bologna would have wanted like if you're going back to saying what what dealers were seeing with diallos and stuff like that 
it's I think it's kind of the same. The Panigale 1299s aren't selling as hot as was to be expected. Multistrada update isn't really killing it. Like Ducati's about to have a record year, but I think that's it's large. All scramblers. It's all scramblers. If the scrambler that and I and I wrote a story about this and I got a lot of flack for it, but if you took the scrambler sales out, the rest of the Ducati line isn't strong. The, the, it's I, not weak. It's not weak. I'm not saying it's weak, but this idea that oh they'd be growing, I, I think it would have been a plateau or less. I think I think when I did the math, it was like a thousand units less overall for all markets than it was the year before. Especially when you look at say BMW, who is just killing, killing it. it. Right. Yeah. I don't know much about Triumph because they don't have a whole lot of analog stuff, but the BMWs do, and they're unfortunately for Ducati doing very well because it's taking away a lot of owners. Yeah. Right. And KTM is doing well. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that is a direct uh, competitor to the Multistrada. So people looking at the Multistrada saying, "Well, yeah, I like that street bike aspect of that mm-hmm. thing." Um, they're saying, eh, "I want the dirt bike. I want something that that has a, at least the idea of more capability, right. which is what the KTM is by right. a long shot." And KTM really came at the Multistrada, or I should say, the Adventure Touring Adventure Sport market with the it has a 1090, it has an 1190, an 1190 Adventure R, a 1290 Super Adventure. I mean, there's four distinct models that all kind of are jamming into there, like a little Dutch boy filling every little crack. And taken away from GS ownership. Yep. But not well, Which not I think much. is the bigger thing that they're targeting at. I but, agree, right? Yeah. If you're going to look at the market segment, you're going to go after the big boy, yeah. which the Multistrada isn't. The right. Multistrada is a great niche. And for those of us who, I mean, I owned one for a year, and it's phenomenal uh, for the roadside. And it's not bad off-road, but it's not made for that. And right. stuff happens, Right. right? I break the engine cases on my bike going mild two track and I have to fix them. Uh, whereas I done, did the same thing on single track with the KTM 950 adventure mm-hmm. and the thing mobs, right? Cause it's made more for that. Right. right? right. I was doing something with the multi that it right. was not necessarily designed to do. We, right? we were doing things on that trip with Ducatis that no Ducati owner should be doing. It was awesome. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah I had sure. a good time. But it wasn't a good time when I had the engine out of the frame while I was having it welded and having to put it back in, right? That that was a bad time, right? Yeah. So would I trade that? Would I do it again? Hell yeah, I'd do it again. I have no issue with that. It wasn't that big of a deal. But what will I do in the future? Do I want an adventure touring bike with more, with more ground clearance? Yes. But I also don't want necessarily a, a new KTM, right? I, I, I don't know. Would you look at the Honda Africa? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a big one. Or I might just build an old Kajita elephant because I'd like air-cooled two-valve twins. So so that brings up a good rumor because uh, MV Augusta has trademarked the elephant name huh. in the U.S. Now, this happened a little while ago, so we haven't really seen anything come with that. And it could just very well be protect the trademark. That's ours, sure. whatever. Sure. We're not really playing anything. But I, I've always found it interesting... From my mind, and if you look at MV's lineup, there isn't really a strong segue to go into that more adventure training market. I've ridden the Trismo Veloce 800. It's a wonderful machine, but you would never take it off-road. It is a street bike. Never, ever. It's an adventure sport. It's got some amount of a suspension travel. Right. I would take the Multistrada or my Hyper off-road before I took that thing. One, because it just doesn't... Part of it is just it doesn't evoke anything that would resemble off-road competence. It's a very beautiful, sleek machine. It'd be like putting off-road tires like on a Ferrari. A, or, or maybe on a Panigale. It'd be like putting knobby tires on a Panigale yeah. and going on like <laughs> Oregonian trails with it. It'd be just like if you did that, you're a moron. The most ridiculous, stupid thing you could possibly uh, do. You should just be taken out to the woodshed if you do that. But it just, there's nothing about that bike that that evokes some sort of like this is going to withstand crashing this is something that is designed to beat up no this is a beautiful machine to go tour the alps and look great when you show up to your five-star dinner okay so then possibly they might bring in the elephant name and make something a little bit better but who knows i am just spitballing there's nothing i don't even believe that would happen but maybe okay maybe um let's move on yep to uh honda's uh release uh, this week for their p- kind of like uh, preamble to the Tokyo Motor Show. Okay, so when it, the Tokyo Motor Show is when? I don't know because it's in Japanese. <laughs> okay, that's that's uh, all right. We we don't that's not what the people uh, want to hear. There's about. an English button over here. October 29th, November eighth. Yeah, that okay. sounds right. So, La- month, so last week of of October, 
Um, so Honda got ahead of things, released a bunch of concepts to um, the press, which are now online, obviously. And I think the most intriguing thing is a bike that they're calling the lightweight super sport concept. Um, in my mind, if I if someone just told me that, I'd be thinking like 600 cc. But you look at this bike, and you look at the rumors that have been going around with Honda, and um, you know it's very much that this seems to be a teasing of what will be called likely the Honda CBR uh, 250RR. Uh, it looks like a multi-cylinder machine. I, I think it looks like a parallel twin to me, but we, yeah. we were having a discussion before the show started about maybe the history of the four-cylinder with that name. Yeah, so the CBR250RR back in the mid-late 90s, maybe even early, I'm sure. It was Most of this is gray market Japanese stuff because of the... Uh, the more stringent regulations on who can get licenses, right? The stepped licensing systems in a lot of countries are pretty extreme. So they had these hypersports bikes because they could sell them because people were forced to to buy them, right? Because they couldn't buy the 400, 600,000. So CBR250RR, those were wicked, wicked little beasts, right? There was one guy in SoCal that had one that raced. His name was Wes Tatsubo, great dude. And he had that thing pretty tricked out to race at Willow in the Formula 3 class, like against 125 two-strokes. I don't know if he ever did very well because he was a two-stroke racer himself. He just wanted the most wicked, interesting Change thing. it up a little bit. Yeah, and I you could barely hear it as it was approaching turn one because this the sound of the engine was like 18,000 RPM. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Right, right. It was almost Things past the audible scream. range. It was past the audible range. It was the strangest thing. And then he'd go into the corner, and then you'd hear it come on. It was just a bitching little bike. So, yeah, there's a few of those that have come stateside, but they're very rare. And no, nobody's going to pay for that technology because it's going to be very expensive. I mean, the little valves look like little nail heads, right? Teeny little componentry to, to fit 250 cc's worth of, of pistons in, into a little, a little compact package. It's a pretty cool thing. But this, I think, is going to be derivative of the single or the twin. Uh, I I think maybe a twin. I mean that would make sense, even though I hate parallel twins. Much that's the only it's the only caveat with the Africa twin is that it's a parallel twin. But Do you like that, perpendicular twins? No, yeah. Well, it is kind of a perpendicular. A V twin is a perpendicular yeah, twin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So this this bike, whatever, it's a hopped up version. The picture we see, all blacked out, very angular, almost Kawasaki. Mm, right, because it's, it's edgy. Yeah, it's, it's like Kawasaki edgy, more edgy than you would be expect I, from Honda. We, we should have played this. We should have played this game where I, I should have just showed you the photo and, and asked and, me what it was and asked me who made because it because with an Akrapovich pipe, which is very interesting that it has that. Yeah, we talked about that last show, right? It, it's sticking out there. Like, well, the Honda doesn't do that very often, right? Where they put another manufacturer. When we were talking about it with the Yamaha, right? So Akrapovich must be. Or Akrapovic, I don't, I'm sorry. Akrapovic. I, was, I like Akrapovic. That's, that's the correct that. pronunciation. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't want to do Igor any shame. So seeing that, I would have said, is that a Yamaha? Because that's the Yamaha thing, right? So it's very interesting that it has that. But it has cool looking seven spoke wheels that are evocative of the MotoGP bike. It has a really standard front end, like the, the, the calipers aren't even radially mounted. Mm-mm. But it has a very lightweight disc that's got a lot of holes in it. Same with the rear, front and rear. But the fact that it's all murdered out and it, and it, I mean, black on black on black, and the only silver on this bike are the fork tubes, the brake disc, and the exhaust pipe hanging out the back. Yeah, it's a, it's very interesting for Honda to do something like that, right? And then it's got some sort of ghosted imagery on the side of it. Who knows what's going to go on with it? But if it's a twin and it's a two fifty, um, great. I you know then it goes. Then it goes right towards the racing series that have been building on the Kawasaki 250 for the past 20 years, right? There's little bits and pieces of that racing that's gone on. And over the past few years, it's been very popular uh, because it's a good way for people to get in. And there are because there's no more 125s, unfortunately, two strokes. The That's the kind of the entry-level racing organization stuff is, is 250s. But now there's been a kind of a mix-up since the Cowie went to 300. Right. So there's a 300 Cowie and then the right. 390 KTM. And Which so is like a 378. Well, and it's a single. And you're talking yeah. about the difference between singles and twins. It, it, it is a notable difference. It's just like a difference between a four-cylinder and a twin. And, right? I think, and I think that's a I think that's a good point to bring up because I think Honda was kind of... I wouldn't say they're the first to strike because Cowie was always there with the Ninja 250R, and that was one of the best-selling bikes in the U.S. market overall. People don't realize that. Even before this whole oh, yeah. excitement over the small displacement yep. resurrection, I should say, 
the cowboy was always there and it was always selling well. And can you imagine they've been tooled up to make that bike for oh, so long? They're just printing money. They're every just, oh every green one of those came out was a bunch of greenbacks. Scrooge McDuck money. They're just <laughs> rolling around in it. Just like a swimming pool. So the, the interesting thing is though, so then Honda comes out with the CBR 250R with, it's a big thumper. Well, it's not a big thumper. It's a 250cc or 248cc thumper. Cowie then comes out with the Ninja 300. Honda responds with the CBR300R, which is a 286 single cylinder. KTM comes out with the 390 Duke, which is a 387cc single cylinder. So you have this kind of like, are we coming out with singles? Are we coming out with twins? Are we going 250? Are we going 300 or somewhere in between? And I think Honda finally was just like, knock it off, guys. Small displacement. It'll be probably, again, that 250, 300. Maybe we'll see it for the dual market for yeah. for like European and US get 300s. Parallel twin. We're going to make it bitchin'. You're going to want this because I think the CBR, honestly, out of... I've ridden all the... I haven't ridden the KTM, unfortunately. But I've ridden the Honda. I've ridden the Cowie. I've ridden the, the Yamaha. And the Honda is the weakest link. And everything I've heard about the KTM is it's... It rivals the R three i think for the top spot yeah and the ninja actually the ninja 300 is really good too so it's it's tough i think you've got three good bikes and one kind of meh bike so they know it and they and want I, to fill that gap and here it is but this bike isn't even shown with headlights that's right. real another intriguing well, thing because it's the concept and it's all that but my favorite part about this bike it makes me so happy to see that it is bitching looking it is a hot yeah. looking bike because that makes me get excited then for you know, eventually we're going to see a new 1000 double R. I don't know if we're going to see it this year. And it might look good. And it, like it might look good. And we have to see, you know, and then there's going to be a 600 bike coming out. Like we know that Honda has to come out with new super bikes and new super sports in the, in the near future. Yeah. They've, they've woken up now. The market's there again. It's time. Whatever plans they had that were on hold have to have been green lit. It's just when are we going to see them? What shows are going to be? What year is it going to be? You know, next yeah. two years for sure, for sure, next two years, and that makes me happy because I look at that and I say that's an awesome machine. You guys, I felt like you lost your mojo, and now I'm getting excited about the brand again. You know, it bodes well, is what I'm saying. I I'm guess. not holding my breath. You're sorry. not holding your breath. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't inspire you with my words. No, sorry. Unfortunately, Honda has left me disappointed for almost 20 years now. Right. Mm. I mean, it's anything past the RC45. Ah. All you're, right, you're RC, RC51s are okay, but gen generally RC anything 51s. that isn't from the late 80s, early 90s, it's been, it's been price point BS, right? And it's been very disappointing from a company that I know is better than that, right? That, that should have industrialized the V5 and made a bike out of it. Well, that should yeah, have, that's such a missed opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So I see all that, whether it be continuing with V4s, doing better than, what is the VFR 1200? Is that what that thing is called? It's horrible mm -hmm. with a shaft drive. I mean, that killed me. When I first heard it was going to be 1200 V4, I was so excited. I was like, wow, they're going to they're gonna be awesome. And then you come out with that thing and it's just kind of, all right, not even close. Not even close. So that's that's been the disappointment for me. So I don't have a lot, but hey, you never know. Maybe... Maybe somebody there has, has said, hey, we need to channel Soichiro, and they've gone with the Ouija board and gotten him to, to start kicking down some some passion again because it's gone. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I don't know if I'd be well, – I was thinking about that while you were talking. I was like, I, I, I was trying to think when the last bike from Honda really got me excited. But then I was trying to think when was the last bike I saw from a Japanese manufacturer that got <laughs> Sure. In total? Yeah. I don't know. The the Cowies, there's been, I mean, a ZX-10 is kind of a raunchy, nasty, well, especially when it first came out in 04. That bike was like, holy crap, that's nasty, right? Right. right. The R1s have been okay. I mean, I bought an R1. Yeah, R1s are okay. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, again, nothing like, well, that's why I'm a Ducati fan, because they always generally have been very passion-inducing, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just, that's, that is a strange. Suzuki, no. They all work great. Most of those bikes work fine. There's nothing wrong with any one right, of them, right? Right. I know that, but what causes your heart to go pitter patter? Not so much. Not not something that is that passes the character test either. Very rarely does that happen. Which is why it surprised me when the Africa Twin came out, and I'm like, I want that. I don't care. I want it. Looks good, and it has all the right numbers except for the weight. I want it. So even now, and the price. Well, the weight's quite good. It's okay. You know, the, well, the weight. I should say the weight's quite good compared to its comparables. Eh, yeah, but you knowing what Honda's abilities are, 
you just have this in your head that they could create a bike like that, that weighed, I don't know, low 400s, and it would be just a tantalizing prospect, right? But doesn't that, doesn't that mean that the bike will be fairly bulletproof too, though? It does, and I know that, and I understand that, which is why I'm just kind of put off by the weight, but I know that I, I can probably shed a bunch of that with an exhaust system and some other trick bits, and then boom, you've got this wicked, potentially awesome in general, not just road, but off-road machine, which really is very cool. Mm -hmm. So I like that. And that, that shows some signs of life from them. I'm going to go ahead and guess that you would not get it with the dual clutch transmission. No, not at all. No, I would, I would like to ride one someday, but if I was just going to early adopt this bike, which I would do with Honda, it would be one of the few bikes that I'd buy the first year. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just buy the standard transmission one and go and and flog it and have some fun with it. But then you know, maybe try and get on one at some point in time with the dual clutch. I'm, I'm just, I am a little bit more old school. I'm still Gen X in that way. Uh, right. No millennial time so for me. My, my millennial self is right. like, mm, give me that DCT. <laughs> but I, maybe I, here's, here's what bridges the gap. Is I totally have a, a quick shifter on that bike. Brat, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> right. Oh, it'd be awesome. All right. All right. Move on. Uh, I think, I think something that, that will definitely, um, Cater to your appetite. There's still rumors of a Kawasaki four-cylinder 250cc machine. Hmm. And that's not for the American market, though. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I it'll be interesting to see how much of the rumor is true. If, um, if obviously if it is or whatever iteration it comes out as, what markets it's going to be geared towards. A lot of the information is coming from Southeast Asia, which. Um, I think sure, is a big indication the of the market that they're they're going after. But again, I think if Honda, especially with this concept, says like, hey, yeah, this is totally something we're going to sell in the U.S. and we're going to sell in Europe, and I think Kawasaki will follow suit. Or maybe that's the way of them kind of telegraphing their move, and we'll see. We can see some good competition again in that space with, hey, you know, these small displacement bikes don't necessarily have to be for beginners. They don't have to necessarily be these you know, junky frames that weigh way more than they are because, you know, it was just the easiest way to tool it up and the cheapest way to manufacture them. You know, you look at, like like we said with the Kawasaki Ninja 250R, they've been making it for so long. Like, there's improvements they could have made to that design. And they just sure. haven't because... They didn't have to. They, yeah, they There was no gonna... competition for the longest time. Well, if they're going to create a four-cylinder 250 as they used to, uh, like in the ZXR 250RR era or whatever they were called... That was also competing with the Hondas, with the Suzukis, and with the uh, with the Yamahas, right? They they all had a derivative of a 250 inline four. So now I don't even know. I don't I don't pay enough attention to the Japanese market. I would assume there isn't anything like that right now. Um, but they they're not going the same way as as Yamaha has with the FZ9 or the FZ7. You mm-hmm. got to look at that's a market that Yamaha has kind of right now. It's an interesting little market there. Maybe they're just saying, "All right, well, we're going to go extreme." I just don't. I don't know why, because really, not too many people would right. would have a hypersports two fifty like that right. in the United States. They just wouldn't, unless that's the new uh, pissing ground for the Japanese OEMs. Sure, but I just doubt it because not enough of those people that would buy that bike would. They're 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 price point customers as well. Yeah. So if you know you can just get a solid Honda two fifty single, yeah, and go and use that as your first bike, whether you're a first time uh, short female rider or a first time, uh, uh, sport bike owner coming off a dirt bike. You never know. I, I, it seems like it's that kind of thing where they'd say, Oh, well, I want a hyper sports bike. Not necessarily with the revs to 18,000 RPM. I don't know. I just don't see that happening a lot, but I could be wrong. I agree. I agree. That's why I'm very curious to see how this rumor plays out, how much of it comes true. What's in the space. It'll be time will tell. Yep. I want to talk about Kawasaki, but I want to come back to the Honda Neowing first. Oh, geez. Yeah, that thing. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. So yeah. this is a, a three-wheeler uh, leaning trike, two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back. It has a four-cylinder boxer engine with a electric drivetrain as well. It's a hybrid. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if it's electric motors in the front wheels or if it's like an electric motor in the rear if it's like um, they engage at the same time, it's tough to see from this picture. I don't think they're they're motors in the wheels though. It doesn't. Look I don't like think it. so either. And and I was I was of the opinion too. If Honda had put the electric motors in the front wheel, they probably would have touted the fact then that it was an all wheel drive vehicle. Yeah. No. But it 
very interesting, I think, on a couple levels because you have, I mean, one, again, the design is super aggressive. Yeah. Super aggressive. Very for, angular. For Honda. If I think, super angular. Again, if we played that name game, name this brand. I would have guessed Polaris. I probably would have said KTM or something. Yeah. Polaris is a good a good one, too. Yeah, just the, because the way they've created... Is Polaris the one that has the slingshot? Slingshot, yeah. It almost looks like a... Slingshot-esque. Yeah, a more sit-down version of a slingshot. Are they the same one? No, Can-Am is the spider. It's not Can-Am. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to get into three-wheel cars, man. It's hard for me to... I don't care if it leans. It's tough for me to get into it. I'm not hating. I'm just saying. I don't personally. It's hard. It's tough not, for me to invoke jam. any kind of... Oh, I can't wait to ride that. You know, I can't. I can't think about that. I think. I think depending on how it rides, especially with the lean, I think that could be interesting. I, I could see myself getting into it, especially having been in the slingshot. Yeah. And I kind of get that more now. I'm sure. like, I'm like, okay, it's not motorcycle fun. I'm not saying it's less fun or more fun. It's just a different kind of fun. It's like comparing a motorcycle to a jet ski, having fun on both of them. Yeah, understood. But very different experiences. Sure. Um. What I do like about the Neo Wing, and I and, and note the name Neo Wing. What's yeah the new wing, the new, new wing. wing. Yeah, well that and what's the what's the Honda logo? It's a wing. Yeah, uh, I think that's very interesting. Just in the name itself, with the hybrid powertrain, and we've talked about you and I before have talked about electrics and and what that's going to evolve into, and and the idea that maybe it's going to be. Um, electric final drive with some sort of gas or diesel generator like we would see on a train locomotive. Sure. Um, and, I, and I look at this with, with Honda, you know, with a hybrid powertrain, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's something that the motorcycle industry 10, 15 years from now, it won't be unusual to see that. And that would be fine by me. I understand that. And maybe this is the best way to do it because you're, you've got a bit more of a the spaced package in with the three wheels. Mm-hmm. I the, the lean thing is interesting for sure. I, this was something that when I was still at Moto Sis, he was working on a on a project to make a leaning trike. He really wanted to make that work, and it. I think that ended up stillborn. But that was something that um, was interesting to see. Right? I've never heard that story before. Yeah, so, but that was that you just was give a, something away you weren't supposed to. I don't know. It's long gone, right? But that was something that was well known through through. The people that were involved with SIS at the time is that it was a that the key, the key was the leaning feature, but it was it's very difficult to make happen. It's very difficult, and from what I understand, Piaggio has really nailed down the patent on that. Yeah, so sure. every year, every darn year, you see uh, Italy's finance ministry come in and confiscate all these hmm. kind of knockoffs of um, Vespa scooters and things like that, and some of them are knockoffs like you're like yeah i get it fair play that is totally yeah no good yeah and some of them you look at it and you're like it's just a scooter sure like you don't own the scooter design but i've been I, told that that's a great machine have you ridden one of those no the, i haven't the, so the it's, we're talking about a scooter that's three wheels the piaggio mp3 500 and that, i i've been told it's a pretty bitching little thing so. yeah if i was going to get a, a a scooter that's probably something i would look at i just shudder at the thought of getting a scooter we can zip around town. It might be fun. Shutter. All right. What, so if, you, what if you put knobbies on it? <laughs> this is going to yeah. be like this is gonna make our new thing. Like, what if you put some yeah. TKC80s? That's would you what we're talking about right there. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Would you ride this this Neo Wing with some knobbies oh, on it? Oh, well, yeah, I would. Right? That'd be great. That'd be epic. Yeah. I don't know about epic because it looks like I just high center on anything. Well, but... it'd be like a it'd be like an ATV. Yeah. Okay. Um, All and, right. And, well, and that's that's the very last thing I want to say about it. We can move on. I think it is very interesting that Yamaha has it. Had its four wheel Tesseract. Yeah, which was cool looking. Yeah. I like that thing too. Kawasaki has its Concept J that came out, I think, last year or two I years ago. I don't even ago. remember that at all. And now Honda has this. Like, it's very interesting to see the Japanese playing with this idea. Piaggio kind of has something out there. I doubt they'll ever do anything really more with it. Um, but they had to once they saw the. Um the market that the Can-Am Spider has. I mean, there's a lot of people driving those things. It's a surprising amount for, for what it is and the fact that it's its own little market. And I think I think that goes part of it back to like Honda at the end of the day, it's a power sports company. Like they're just looking for fun ways to make a motor vehicle for the road or for the dirt or for whatever. Sure. 
if that fills that 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 void, if there's a demand for a three wheeler or a four wheeler kind of concept like that, they're gonna build it. Yeah. You know, it's not just, oh, it has to be motorcycles. It's like, no, if this is if this is a niche that's carved out, absolutely we're gonna come and fill it with our product. Sure. And they have a, a deep three wheeler history, but three wheeler the different way than this with the two wheels in the back and the one in the front. A lot of people a lot of people have been injured by those in the because that was you know late seventies early eighties right, right. Uh, all of all of those three wheelers <laughs> there was this craze right and a lot of people forget that but it was a craze and I it was this strange bridging a gap between motorcycles and four wheelers and mm. they have that I don't do you have you ever heard of a Honda Pilot yeah. not the car yeah. but the off road thing yeah. yeah I know what you're talking about and the Odyssey yeah I've actually I was I'm old enough to have driven an Odyssey interesting yeah. so. The pilot, I'll just give you a, a quick little anecdote. In my hometown in central Texas, the Honda shop was in the middle of nowhere. It's College Station. There's not very much around it. It was the only Honda shop for a long way. And there was always at least one pilot with its frame wrecked sitting out back. They were all Chuck Norris's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's so many good jokes there. I know. And I don't, I don't have one because it's just plopping into my head right now but chuck norris and his people at his ranch in central texas would just abuse the crap out of those things and we're talking yeah he would round round cows he was probably just kicking it because it wouldn't start and not kicking it (laughs) like kicking it but kicking it right not a minor a minor (laughs) so anyway that's that's that and so this was a nat these machines were nasty they were 400 cc two strokes uh, I believe water cooled. I believe I can't remember. We'll have to look it up. But they were nasty. Known like you had to put your hands through loops that were attached to the frame so that you could g- grab the steering wheel because there was a tendency for your hands to flail out and then you'd get crushed if you if you if you rolled it. Right. So your hands are in these weird protective loops as and then you grab the steering wheel. Uh, they they were nasty, but the fact that Honda was doing that is rad, and that's what I'm talking about—the passion, the tort way, the, to the thing oh, that man. did Honda had that they don't have any longer, right? Uh, back to Kawasaki. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let the good times roll. Let's let those good times roll. Kawasaki new new. I'm using the rabbit ear quotation marks that no one can see because it's a podcast. ZX10R. Yeah. Um, that'll be interesting because I, I really do think it is just going to be the same bike before you just won the world didn't they just win the world superbike championship yeah, early well, right as of this recording jonathan ray has won it tom sykes is looking to make it a one two awesome so obviously the bike works well in that the high level they're basically moto gp bikes at that stage if you look at how much has changed on those world superbikes it's oh, yeah. unreal well it's right good. i mean it's changing wheels are changing sure but those bikes as with most of those machines, are, sure. are heavily modified, sure. whether it be the Ducatis, whatever. The fuel tanks are com- weldments that are completely different than stock. I think the I think the greatest example of how different the World Superbike is from the street bike is comes from Eric Buell Racing. Yeah. Because you look at all the Buellness that went into the 1190, uh-huh. and you know what's the first thing that the race team does is they they move the fuel out of the frame they make a fuel cell <laughs> they put it where you're supposed to put it under the seat and they make a little thing and you can see this uh-huh. little aluminum box and then sure. eventually over time they get rid of the single disc perimeter brake and they start putting two rotors on it like yeah. a sane person would do sure because it just works better that way <laughs> sorry Buell people to rain on your parade but Yes, it's the a great example the the of you cannot screw with the, well, not too much can you screw with the, with the recipe, which mm-hmm. is going to be a, uh, whatever what is a thousand cc's for four cylinders, yeah. right? And it's going to have to be fairly conventional to work because it's got to be really good. And like I say, when I say they're like little mini MotoGP bikes, I'm not kidding. I mean, they, yeah, they are bigger and more cumbersome. They are not nearly as trick. But they, they, the technology that's in them is high. They want to win those championships, and oh, yeah. it's a world-level championship. Oh, yeah. Right? So, the Panigale, the one, at least the one that I saw that was off the crash truck or had broken down on the side of Laguna Seca this past year, I, I happened to be at the corner when uh, Giuliano came off and, and, and his bike wasn't working. It's like, oh, 
I mean, and I, I look, I spend a lot of time looking at Panagales and being able to get really close and see how drippingly tricked that bike is. It's unreal. So if Cowie, Cowie doesn't really need to make a lot of changes, but everybody needs to keep, keep it up, right. keep the iterative changes right. coming so that they keep on the sharp end. And that bike is now a few years into its. Oh yeah. It's been massively. Not Honda long, but it's been no, a few it's years. 2011. Yeah. That's a while. So it's time for an upgrade. It'll be cool to see what it is. This is a rumor, the uncorroborated rumor. No, 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 no. This is this is Kawasaki sent it out. Oh, uh, that's right. It image. just had. It's it didn't show any out. images. Yeah. Okay. And they and they they said straight up like there's going to be some minor improvements. The biggest changes it sounds like the bodywork's been yeah. more aerodynamic and things like that. Maybe it'll look like the H2. Well, see that was that was some of the rumor. I really don't think we're going to see that I don't because think it, so either. my understanding was the bike was going to look more like the super bike. So the street bike will actually, you know, you had the street bike, then yeah. the World Superbike team makes the changes for the racetrack, and now we're going to see the street people come back and be like, okay, and now we're going to reflect yeah. the changes made by the race team. Sure. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if we had some sort of, like, livery special edition. Did you ride? I'm sure you've ridden one of those. The... I haven't. Never? Because there hasn't been a press person at Kawasaki for, like, the last something odd years, and now there is, and it just hasn't been high on the list yeah i've never had a chance to throw a leg but over one people have to understand kawasaki suzuki american subsidiaries have been a mess for the last mm, five years and are just now starting to get their stuff sorted out again yeah i mean suzuki suzuki went bankrupt you know people forget about that suzuki america uh what was it called at the time uh, it doesn't really matter but now it's american it, suzuki yeah americans no it wasn't american suzuki, that's american honda Whatever it was, Suzuki went bankrupt and it had to become a new entity because of the car industry yeah. issues that it was having. Yeah. So there's a, there's been a lot of factors that are almost extraneous to the motorcycle industry that have been in play. Speaking of Suzuki, we should probably talk about the GSX-R concept that they released also as a preamble or a prelude to the Tokyo Motor Show yep. that's upcoming. Yep. So they had been, and, but there's also rumors recently that there's going to be a 2017 change because the 2016 model bikes are going to be the same right right? they already showed the 2016 model year bikes again using the quotes my understanding is there's a 2017 Gixxer 1000 maybe other bikes as well that we will see early to mid 2016 there will be 2017 model year bikes but it might actually make it to showrooms in 2016 is I think I think we could see them in showrooms by the summertime that's my understanding of it okay and so Suzuki puts out this concept, which to me looks like like a, a soap block carving. You know, it's like someone yeah. just kind of sat there and whittled yeah. away and made a little motorcycle from sure. Tron. Sure. Um, looking deeper into it, it looks like that's going to be kind of the the prelude to Suzuki coming out with a new Hayabusa, with a new 600, a new 1000, probably a 750 as well. It looks like the entire Jixer line is finally going to get the refresh. A refresh. It's so yep. needs. So that'll be interesting to see. I'll be very curious to see what a new Hayabusa looks like. When you think about when you think about model bikes, specific models and the brands that they have, there aren't that many, especially from the Japanese manufacturers. Like the Fireblade is kind of one. But that's not even the, the Ninjas, US. right? Yeah, sure. Hayabusa, I think, is one that's right there at the top, especially when the speed wars were going on between the manufacturers, and yeah. you had the. Um, and it's the only one left, really. Right. I mean, I mean, didn't does the ZX14 still exist in any? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. But so not, it's there. But not like the but the ZX12 was was the big one back then. No, oh, that's right with the winglets. Yeah. And the CBR double uh CBR 1100R double X. Yeah. Blackbird. Yeah. Sure. So the only the Hayabusa really remains, and it is such a storied bike, and it is so used. Like you still, you'll find them at the salt flats, you find them at the drag strips, you'll see them going down the street. I got uh, passed by one the other day on the freeway, uh, just yesterday actually. We were riding back from from uh, our little loop, and some guy blew by us on a Busa. And sure. You see them around. They, yeah. were, they sold a lot of those bikes, and they're good. They're good at what they do. For as big as they are, yeah, they're a great adventure. Well, not adventure. They're a great sport touring machine that you can go really far on. Yeah. Right, they're comfortable as hell. They're really give got the thrust. They're easy to ride slow. Even that's the nice thing about them. They're, they're a friend to the big man. Yeah, <laughs> they're a friend to the big man. <laughs> Good point. It's true. All yeah. the, all of the above. Right. Yeah. So I'll be very curious to see if Suzuki shows anything in Japan that's concrete, or if this is just going to be a, a really 
dragged out campaign and we'll we'll see some stuff debut at Eichma, we'll see some stuff debuted later in the road or I can't I can't imagine they go to Tokyo and don't bring something yeah sure tangible that we get to look at. Sure. Yeah, the Suzuki the concept thing, it's you know, it's just a drawing. I, I don't have much to say about it. It'd right. be like a clay model that's partially finished, same type of thing. It's like eh. Yeah. Well I don't think they gave us a lot to talk about. I think it's like, okay, so here's this abstract design. Here's a press release that sounds like a haiku. You know, make of it as you will, and like, okay, great, thanks. And there's some other stuff that's that's kind of leaked out, and there's been some, you know, kind of off the record conversations that you know of what this kind of means. But I think we're gonna have to wait and see what the pudding uh, comes out like. Yep. All right. So then that leads us to the recursion, which the is recursion. a Suzuki right. based thing, which that. Uh, gives a little air on, uh, under my skirt, if you will. Yeah, right? yeah. So we should, we, we should we should back up. Suzuki Recursion came out as a concept again at the Tokyo Motor Show. It's a s- like two years ago, a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, turbocharged, five hundred, five hundred and eighty-eight. I want to say. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, I was making fun of it because it's the same as the Norton five eighty-eight rotary. Yeah, I was. Yeah, pissed. yeah, yeah. You were upset about that. Yeah, and um. The interesting thing with that is we've seen them, or we've seen Suzuki trademark the recursion name in the European and American market. Which, why would you do that if you weren't going to bring the bike out? Now, obviously, will the production model be the same as the street model? Or, sorry, as a concept? Would it be like the B-King, which was epic and awesome when it was at the Tokyo Motor Show, but came out and just was big and looked like a caricature of a motorcycle that was in an anime film, and yeah. that was it. Oh, huge disappointment. Right? I was so excited when I saw the Big King concept. So disappointed when I saw the street bike. I really hope that doesn't happen here. Because I want to see I want to see more force induction come into the motorcycling space. I want to see Suzuki get edgy with it. I like what Kawasaki did with the H2 and the H2R. There's rumors of Honda working on turbos and superchargers. There's rumors of Suzuki working on turbos and superchargers. We're seeing the recursion concept. Now we see this trademark coming out. I really, really, really hope uh, at the end of this m- month that we see a turbocharged, intercooled sport bike from Suzuki. And I would agree. I think it would be a very cool thing to see. I like, uh, from a technical standpoint, with with the way technology has progressed, I love turbos. Mm-hmm. For, you know, 80s, 90s, turbos were interesting but they were problematic at a high level. Uh, everything about them, whether it be in passenger cars or motorcycles or whatever, they're 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 difficult to manage because you're taking a lot of heat and focusing it on this one mechanism, and then it spreads, and you've got to have extra plumbing, and it creates problems having extra plumbing, whether it be turbo lag or uh, or just the problem packaging it. Right. So having all that stuff in, in these vehicles and seeing how there have been some better ways to control it all, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be electronics or materials, um, I, I, it makes me excited to see it actually come to fruition. Right. So uh, Kawasaki's uh, forced induction system on the H2 is pretty svelte. Yeah. Very cool. Well done. Integrated in a way that, that I just no, nobody would expect. Right? I don't think people give kawasaki enough credit for that bike i think they look at the weight and they get hung up on how much it weighs and the fact that the h2 the street bike only really makes like 200 horsepower and that's not a wow factor anymore because what superbike doesn't these days but i look at that it does it effortlessly and they don't see that they don't understand that that's just barely wetting the bottom of the barrel of power for that thing it's just barely even stressed right and you could probably go around the earth 20 times with that engine because right. of that. Right. Now, the H2R, I still think, is pretty pretty well done and understressed, even if it's making how much horsepower did they claim? 300. 300. Pretty cool, right? I think, it makes, I think, I think they say over 300. I think the, the truest number is 310. Yeah. Either way, bitching, right? Awesome. And cool and inspiring. Useless for most of us, but there is something from a technical standpoint that I just love about it. Just because you can, you do. And for me, I've, I've got some fairly deep roots having um, had a boss in the mid-90s that had a ZX-11 with a turbo on it. That's a story for another time. Um, I, I, I enjoy the, 
the effort that it takes to get to this point, right? So I, I'd like to see how they industrialize it, how it comes to the market, if it does. I'd be very stoked. Would you put knobbies on it and go off-road? I absolutely would. <laughs> absolutely would. That's an idea. We, we should talk more about that because I know Kawasaki wants to get uh, asphalt and rubber on an H2R. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a hill for, climb. We could do the looking, hill climb. They're looking it. for creative <laughs> ideas. And I was like, uh on an h2r yeah. with the wings and stuff can you imagine that going up a hill right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can right after i slide my uh, life insurance policy yeah, exactly <laughs> oh extended swing arm and chains here we come lots of chains oh well, yeah spikes and spikes shit. on the front wheel. oh i'd be stoked to do that it'd be like a mad max uh motorcycle it would um i think the last thing we want to talk about just real briefly bmw it looks like they're a partnership with TVS, which is an Indian manufacturer. It's the fourth largest. TVS? Ma- yes. Huh. Okay. Tango, fourth largest. Victor, so it's like Bajaj. Whatever. I don't know what S is in NATO. Yeah, it's like a Bajaj. It's like a uh, Hero. Yeah. TVS. Show me your Tatas. Show me your Tatas. I think they're. Um, Hero. Logo. I forgot Hero. <laughs> a lot of people want to forget Hero. <laughs> I don't understand why. I, I don't think Hero did anything wrong in that entire situation. I agree. I think that's just a bunch of Americans who don't want to admit that their American company was royally effed before it even got off the ground. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, did I just tell you exactly what I think? No, I think you did. There was yeah. no filter there. No. Okay, so... I'm so tired of it. Okay, well, we don't even have to talk about it. That's how I'm going to get worked up over it. Yeah, right. So, all right, go back to the um, in, Indian BMW thing. So, what are they going to make? Uh, they've been, this has been coming for so long and it, fi- it finally sounds like it's going to happen. It will be a small displacement machine from BMW, 250, 300 cc's, somewhere in that range, probably 300 cc's. Dirt bike? No, 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 Street bike. Oh, to compete so, with the R3 exactly. and uh, just all the stuff exactly. we were just talking about earlier. And Same as Triumph has been rumoring to have been made. R- yeah. yeah. My understanding with the Triumph project is it got, uh, very, very close to coming to market. In fact, it was expected at uh, ICMA, I believe, last year or the year before, because they announced it the year before. And then the next year, they're like, oh, it didn't happen. And the scuttlebutt is they got very, very close to getting it to come out. And they saw what was happening in the marketplace with, especially the Japanese OEMs, 250s, 300s, single cylinders, twin cylinders, power so uh, that figures. massive hole in the market they that they st- saw when they first started was yeah. no longer there so that they can't sell the units well, to justify. Not that that hole wasn't there. It was just that they knew immediately what they were going to put on the market was going to be uncompetitive. And, I, and the decision was made at a brand level to say, we do not want to put a motorcycle out that won't be competitive with what's out there. We know, we know from beginning this is going to be basically a stillbirth. This is going to be... Huh. It's strange because the 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 images that we saw of it looked like it was going to be right, right, right up the alley. Of it that. was it was a 250 cc Daytona 675. I wonder if it was know, a twin motorcycle. I don't. If I had to guess, I bet it was a single cylinder yeah. 250 cc that made like 35 horsepower and not enough to to trump the rest. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And I think and I think that was the thing. I think they were like, we're not going to come compete against, especially like KTM. I imagine was a big yeah. issue because that RC 390, especially on paper, looks good. I've heard it vibrates a bit. I would love. Yeah, to, I would love to get the on kids one. Kids race those things. They're obviously fairly well yeah, sorted. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so I think that was a big thing. I think they couldn't compete with the KTM, especially 250 cc's versus 378 or whatever it is. Sure. So what do you think BMW's got? I think it's going to be a 300. But I think I think BMW looks at it from a different way because the the rumor is that it will be very much a platform, which is very much how every other manufacturer yeah, has sure. done it. Who's who's being smart? Um, you know, look at KTM. There's a lot of rumor that maybe a, a 390 kind of adventure bike will come out, something with more suspension travel. Call it a supermoto. Call it yeah. an adventure. Yeah, we'll wait and see. I, that's something that we could see at ICMA. We didn't really get to KTM's rumor mill for yeah, for sure. ICMA, and I think we're gonna just have to leave it for another time because this show's getting kind of long at this point. But um. I think I think when you're you're building bikes at this size and the tooling costs and everything, yeah, you have to spread it out. You sure. have to, and if you're not hitting a, a full fare bike, a naked bike, something else on top of it, whether it's a long suspension travel city bike or an adventure bike or whatever you want to call it, um, 
it has to be done. And, and I don't know if Triumph had that, you know, in their in their package because um, I just I look at their line and I don't I don't really see the space for it. I don't see that kind of yeah, sure. Prowess. It wasn't going to be critical to them anyway, so they said, "All right, we just spent a lot of development time, but unfortunately, it's time to shelf it." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think with that, we'll probably wrap up this show and shelf it. And um, next week, maybe we can touch on some of the stuff we left behind. All right. Sounds good. Kickstands up. You guys have a good one. Good talk. See you out there. So I think if we could just boil it all down, uh, I think we've established that when it comes to trikes, two in the front, one in the back is the way to do it. <laughs> yes. I don't know why you're laughing. That's not funny. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not funny. Right? Two. So two in the front. One in the back. One in the back. Right. So if Yamaha has to come out. No, Yamaha has one. Who is the one that doesn't have one yet? Suzuki? Suzuki. It'll yeah. be the shocker then, for sure. It'll be electric and it'll be the shocker. No words. No words. <laughs>